Welcome to the 12 Days of Podcasts, a waste of time with It's The Real. This series of 12 perfect episodes is brought to you by the good people at Def Jam. This Friday, December 15th, Jeezy will be dropping his new album, Pressure, with features from Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, T. Grizzly, Wizkid, and nothing will make Eric happier than that 2 Chains verse. You can't ban the snowman, but you can buy the album at JeezyShop.com. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Welcome, everybody, to the first of the 12 days of podcast. That's 12 new episodes of this podcast in a row, culminating with Christmas. And then it's, we come back. It's the 12 days of podcast. Jeff, are you in the Christmas spirit? I'm always in the Christmas spirit. Well, I'll tell you why I'm not, okay. Jeff. We live in a very nice building, as you know. Yeah. We live in a nice building. We have art hanging on the walls in the in the in the lobby we have doormen who work down there who are very nice to us it is all fine and good here nothing ever happens in our building here's the problem though there's this one dude who lives off the lobby in an apartment that isn't even they don't have a number on it it's not a real apartment and this dude walks around he must be what how tall he's maybe like 410 (laughs) maybe he walks around he's in his mid-30s i think he walks around in crocs and a wife beater and for whatever reason, this year, he has decided to turn our lobby, our nice, refined... Picasso's on the wall. Upper West Side lobby. Into Party City, aisle six. Like, it, it, it's, it's winter wonderland down there. There's a giant tree in front of his door. There's two <laughs> snowmen. There's nutcrackers. There's a naughty or nice mat outside of his door. There's... All this red and green shit on the walls. There's wreaths. There's bells. There's wreaths as far as the eye can see. In our lobby. I don't know how this happened. How he took claim to the lobby. And now we have all these people coming over to our apartment. (laughs) And they have to walk through this craziness and think... What the hell did I get into? It looks like the Tinsel Monster just like threw up everywhere. I hate it so much. Yeah. I want to be in the Christmas spirit. I want to say season's greetings. I want to wish everybody well, but I'm the fucking Grinch right now. I hate that dude downstairs. I hate him so much. And the doormen agree with us. Yeah. And you know that. Yeah. They won't say it out loud because they're in close <laughs> they're in close proximity no, no. to now the door. It, now it makes it sound like we're crazy. No, no, I I promise. <laughs> they agree with us. Everyone's have, on our side. They have tacitly agreed. They have said that they agree. It's just infuriating. No one agreed to this. This isn't like I don't know. It right. just there annoys was a, me. There so wasn't much. a board meeting. There wasn't nothing. There's no board. Also, he we need a board. He doesn't do like Halloween. Like it's not like it's it's. I don't in think character he, for him. Look, look, we work from our home. I'm not judging anyone on that, but I don't think that this guy has a job. I think he's been waiting all year to do this. Don't you? To do this? To do this? I think he's been waiting for Christmas. It's because it's not like he does this for all the holidays. He's right. not out That's there doing thanksgiving decorations no turkeys no halloween stuff no arbor day this is strictly for this is strictly for christmas yes he waits all year for this he's waited all the years he's lived here for this and it's horrifying i think he's doing it because he hates us i thank you thank you (laughs) let's go ask the doorman yeah 12 days of podcast guys we have 12 great episodes ahead at least planned we've recorded some of them we have some to go. Jeff, as I hope we make it there. Like last year, we were, I wouldn't say behind the eight ball, but we 
we weren't, you know, we didn't have 12 in the can. Right. When we got to like episode seven, we were like, hmm, you know, we might not make it to 12. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have advertised this as 12 days. And so I wish that we were more prepared this year, Can but okay. we're not. Do you think that we'll make it? Yes. Okay. I just, but the thing is that we're also doing a bunch of other stuff in the middle of this, which makes it a, a lot harder. It, it does. It's true. Guys, we have a bunch of announcements that we're going to be rolling out during this 12 days of podcast. But really, what we want to say to you all is we do this for the people who want an escape. If you're commuting every day and you don't want to deal with the idiots on the train, listen to our podcast. If you go to Christmas and you don't want to deal with the idiots in your family, enjoy the podcast. If you go down to your lobby and you don't want to deal with the idiot who lives in the cave oh next God. to the doorman... Listen to our podcast. Listen to the podcast. Spread the word about the podcast. This is a really cool thing that we did last year, and we had a great reaction. We had all types of people come through. We had the Flatbush Zombies up here. We had Premium Pete up here, Chris Styles, OG Chase B, just a bunch of cool people that we fuck with. And this year, we have a bunch of people that we fuck with coming up here. Today's episode, though... is just us. Just us. This is the 150th episode of this podcast, and we reached out to you guys asked for questions, we answered those questions, and this is a celebration of 150 episodes. Thank you guys for rocking with us. Thank you guys for recommending this podcast. And don't let up, because we want to make it to 200, then we'll reconsider. Then we'll see what's next. But in the meantime, 12 days of podcast, we're going to get you through this holiday season. If you guys want to come over and rip down all of the... The shit on the walls. (laughs) Not the Picassos. No. Everything around the Picasso. You are more than welcome to... Jeff, when do you want to start the 12 Days of Podcast? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. The Baggage Chandler, a.k.a. Catch a Case. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Daddy Lanky, a.k.a. Guapo Slim. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. The Star David, a.k.a. Don't Cross Me. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. I'm on fire, a.k.a. Arson Daily. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Planting Seeds, a.k.a. Ho Activities. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Feed the Blah Blah Block, a.k.a. Tamagotchi. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Brick Squad, a.k.a. I love lamp. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Motherfucker, aka Vice President Mike Pence. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Moving Base, aka Jazz. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Get Lifted, aka Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka The San Andreas Fault, aka Moving Crack. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Smoking Loud, aka Emphysema. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Second Avenue Subway, aka Deep in These Streets. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Player of the Year, aka Uchiwali Zerbiak. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Fade on Sight, aka Edward Scissorhands. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Mad Dustin, aka Hate Chores. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Tetanus, aka Low in the Cut. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka White Drugs, aka Snort Dakota. Are, are we still going? Oh, we can go. All right. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Creatine, aka All My Weight Wet. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Shoot a Boy in Blue, aka Papa Smurf. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Coke and Mentos, aka Pop and Bottles. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Happy and I Know It, aka Clap Back. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Discus Throw, aka Sling and Weight. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka. <laughs> this is episode 150 of A Waste Time with It's The Real. Episode 150, Jeff. Do you realize that after just episode 13, the New York Times profiled this very podcast? And here we are, 137 episodes past that. Yeah, they weren't like eulogizing us in the profile. You know, uh, our friend Matt Miggs, who now lives out there in Los Angeles, he was here for last year's 12 Days of Podcast, and he was like, you know what? 
you've had so many famous people come over here and use your bathroom. Well, today, you, out there, you're using our bathroom. Congratulations. You are our guest today. All of you have submitted questions, and we so appreciate you guys, and we appreciate you so much that we are going to answer those questions right here on this very podcast, episode 150. All the questions that you've been dying to know, all the questions about this podcast, about Jeff, about myself, I'm sure about our brother Dan, about our doormen, about episodes that we've done of our video series, of our, about our music about our live show, about anything, about where the apostrophe and the spaces went for It's The Real, whatever you have to ask today. Yeah, all the important questions. We are here to answer, and Jeff, you have a list. Now, I know the first couple of times that we've done Q&As for this podcast, amazingly enough, we got 56 questions. Today? I don't know what the answer is. All right. I well, do not know how many, que- how many questions. Let's pretend that we have 56 questions today, and we're going to answer all 56. We're only answering good questions today. Good, important questions. Okay. Okay? All the best questions are going to be answered right here today. All right. First question comes in from Joe Mama's Daddy One. <laughs> great name. Who says, grape or strawberry jelly? That is, yeah, here we go. Starting off with the tough questions. Tough questions. Grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Yeah. Here, let's argue it out. Okay. I will say neither. <laughs> I'm not a jelly guy. Is that weird? Well, for the purpose of this question, yes. I'm a peanut butter guy. I, I just I, I don't do the peanut butter and jelly. Is that is that weird? No. Well, first of all, I used to say I was allergic to peanut butter, but I feel like we're getting off track. Why did you say you were allergic to peanut butter? I just didn't. Just to not eat it? Yeah, I didn't want to fit in. You um, just said, I'm, I'm like all those kids who are suffering whenever they get around peanuts. I'm like those kids. I wanted to be known for something, and that something was being allergic to peanut butter i was not though and i and you're still not still not still not into it though but anyway we're getting off track peanut butter i know what are we answering (laughs) i think it's grape or strawberry jelly yeah i would say i fuck with grape jelly more Uh, i i i don't eat jelly eric that's the wrong answer you're really fucking this up wait is it so the answer is grape the answer is okay grape jelly it is Who, who does that come from again that comes from joe mama's daddy one great name great name Joe Mama's Daddy one. Great okay. question. Second question comes in from Marlon Mars. Marlon asks, Mars. How did you and your brother get started? Like, holy shit, people know us. Also, how can I start from the bottom and get on your level? Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what level we're on, but here's the advice that I would give to anybody trying to start something creatively in 2017. Just do it. Don't sit there and ask us for permission and don't say, hey, where's the blueprint? Because... As people may know, we don't have mentors. We have a lot of people who are older than us who have achieved certain things, but they've never traveled the same path as us, and they never gave us the the map to sort of like use in our career. We just did it. Yeah, I find that anybody who asks for advice, if it's not specific, then it doesn't help. It doesn't help me, at least. Mm -hmm. Like, all it is is just saying, hey, people, like, stay on your path. Mm-hmm. Do whatever it is to to get ahead, and mm-hmm. you'll do it. Starting off, just putting something out there, that's step number one. Being consistent, doing things at a high quality, that has always been our credo, and not stopping. Like, that's the biggest thing, too. There's so many people out there who are like, all right, I'm going to start a podcast. And then if they don't get a million listens right away, they stop. Right. And that is so whack. Don't stop. With all due respect to everybody who has listened to our earlier work, it's not our best, like, clearly, 150 episodes in, we know a lot more about how to 
put on an entertaining and quality podcast. Or even how to control the audio. All of that. Maybe were... the volume levels weren't great <laughs> in episodes 3, 4, 5, and 10. Maybe. How about factually? Yeah. So that's that's another piece of advice. <laughs> Understand the equipment you're using and know that people want to hear things at a decent level. They don't want to turn it all the way up and still like scrunch their eyes to try to try to maybe hear what Bodega Bams and Smoke Dizzer are talking about. Also, I would just like to apologize for anybody who has commented that people bang on the table too much. That's a thing. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we we definitely went through that. All right. So next question comes in from Jay Joliffe, who says, you've told the story of how absurd Max B's apartment was. Mm-hmm. He had no furniture, many mandem. Yeah. Have any guests been weirded out being in your apartment, seeing the other twin wandering around, etc.? I would say yes. A lot of people have shown up, including like we had Gunplay over mm-hmm. and Gunplay's manager, Young Sav, came in and said, is it the trap house? Yeah. Well, to be fair, at that time, and you can see videos of this at YouTube.com slash It's The Real at the time, we didn't have any paint on our walls. We didn't have any quality furniture in here. So really, that was like Max Bees' place too. Yeah, not great. No. <laughs> but now it looks respectable. I think people understand what they're getting into when they come here for the very yeah, most also, part. Right? All these people come in and you know, it's crazy how it's all these people who have so much money, mm-hmm. so many chains, like, you know, people who fly all over the world yes. and every single person is amazed by the French Montana mac and cheese four box that we have and the Killa Crunch Cameron cereal box that we have. Yeah. And they all take pictures of it like it's this amazing thing. Meanwhile, it costs maybe $2. <laughs> not to us. We got them for free. No, but like, right? It made it onto Michael Dappa, the, the man's not hot. He, yeah. He put that on his, um, his, his, Instagram. his Instagram. Yeah. Every, uh, everyone likes Vandal. To, everybody. Everybody likes to come over here and take pictures. I appreciate that people come over here and like our book selection, either on the credenza or on the bookshelf <laughs> over there. That is something that is better than Max B's place. <laughs> Shout out to all of our loyal listeners out there who are wondering, just how many credenzas do you have? Just one. Just one. We're simple people. One credenza in our in our palace here, the podcast palace. Yes, Manhattan Mansion. All right. Blue Coo Ranks asks, early and current comedy influences. Let's start with early. Early, uh, of course, Saturday Night Live, In Living Color, Jim Carrey movies, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, Mad Magazine, Calvin and Hobbes, Carl Reiner and, and Mel Martin Brooks movies, um, Bill the Murray, two thousand year old man. Oh, Groundhog Day, huge influence on us. Um, just smart comedy, um, more than like you know, just uh, physical and pratfalls and that stuff. I think we we both liked things that that stretched our mind and made us think. Yeah, and also I would say, you know, this isn't necessarily comedy, but I think that Dipset played a huge influence. I would say that... Lil Wayne, uh, DJ Green Lantern, as we've spoken to him about on the podcast, the way he thought, the way that he used wordplay in his mixes, all of that was was really very important to the way that our minds ended up working. And I think, uh, what was the second part? Just asking, like... Uh, influences now I don't know that we have influences now right Right. it's more about like we like the comedy that Hannibal Burris and Nick Kroll and John Mulaney and Joe Joe Mandy Mandy, right yeah Jesus Amaro there's a lot of people out there who I who yeah we we appreciate all of their work out there and we think there's a lot of good work to be seen and heard and experienced all right he also asks favorite food like meals snacks and smoothies etc are all valid answers oh well clearly not jelly (laughs) no um what meals do I like I love. I'm big on ramen 
huge on ramen these days. Um, I'm like, but not like you know dollar ramen. I, I go to a a nice ramen spot. Excuse me. Yeah. You know, it's, eat it right by the credenza. It's just like Drake said. You can't treat me like the same guy I was from five years ago. I have been trying to eat better, um, a lot more salads, a lot less carbs. Um, so anything healthy and unexciting is where I'm at right now. Is our other brother Dan, I think, ever going to get an episode? This is also from. This is from Blue Ranks. Okay, a lot of questions. Uh, is Dan going to get the same episode? You want to have Dan have a solo episode. I want Dan, when he moves out, to do an exit interview. All right. Well, you've said it here, and we'll hold you to that. Yeah. Dan's into it. Is he? Yeah. Did he agree to it? I think so. Oh. <laughs> you I'm, you, I'm you think sure, so? I'm pretty sure he did. Who did you have the conversation with? Somebody. All right. Ray the Hussein. Hey. El Katuk. Yes. Asks, what's your favorite song to perform live? I'm going to say... I was going to say Girls of the Dirty Souths, but I That's think that one. that is a fun one. But I think that my actual favorite one is Jews for Jesus Peace Remix. That's a fun one. With Rick Ross. Yeah, that's a fun one to perform. Uh, I like, you know, Fire in a Crowded Room. That always gets a really good response. So I enjoy when the audience is prepared and into it and loud. Yeah, because we have the audience scream, Fire in a Crowded Room, get, get the, the hose. hose. Fire in a Crowded Room, get the get hose. The hose. All right. Has anyone pointed out that you had Lil Uzi Vert and Cardi B on your show before they blew up? Well, you know what, Ray? You just have. <laughs> he said because that's what happened. It is what happened. Look, yeah. I, I think we take great pride in paying attention to trends and good acts. And we are always looking to be ahead of the curve. We never wanted to be fighting for the same guests that every other podcast was going to have. So at a certain point, we were like, well, let's pay attention to these up-and-comers. And it just so happened that we were ahead of the curve. And those were two really good episodes. And you better believe that when we pitch ourselves to other people, those two are at the very, very, very top of our list. Yes. Elka Tuke also wonders, coming to Jacksonville anytime soon? Probably not, but I want <laughs> to see you. And Eric is the curl god. Jeff is guapo slim. What is Dan? Dan is the suit. Dan is the suit. Dan, actually, the way that we describe Dan is, we always say he's the one with the real job. Also, our friends Sarah and Julia Cunningham call Dan other brother. Other brother. DeMurray asks, what was your favorite part of recording the Slaughterhouse Rules skit? Let's see. I think, well, in retrospect, there's a few things. One is the story that we were in the studio and there was this really heavy moment and we decided to pitch this stupid, funny, silly idea right. to there, some of the hardest guys out there. There was actual drama going on and Eric and I had to sit and wait for that to be to, <laughs> to pass over while... And then say, like, can you throw roses at the camera? And yeah, I, I think as, stuff? as part of that, as part of the filming experience, I think getting um, roses there, I think... Um, I think the funniest part to watch, though, the one I couldn't keep it together for, was when Joe kept saying smooth. Right. <laughs> also, that was great. Yeah, also, the four of them singing Boys to Men, I, I lost good. it. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was a fun experience. Those guys had a lot of fun, and I was glad that they were rocking with us. Beanies, the Black Kevin Arnold on Twitter, asks, In your opinions... Who do you think are the best tastemakers, voices, and gatekeepers in hip-hop outside of New York and the Northeast region of the country? Outside of New York and the Northeast? Okay, I would say Carl Cherry, head of artist curation at Apple Music. He's out in Los Angeles. That's a good one. Kristen Frazier does music marketing for Beats by Dre in Los Angeles. 
Our friend Amir Basi, who has always had his finger on the pulse of music and culture, he's managed artists, he's developed video programming for Spotify, including one of our favorites, the awesome Traffic Jams. Uh, Amir is based out in Los Angeles and Oakland and Virginia. Also, Joey IE, the executive vice president of Interscope Geffen A&M, who has done amazing partnerships with Dreamville and LVRN Records. I'm going to add Jeremy Corellis. He's a publicist out in L.A., and he wouldn't consider himself a tastemaker influence or a gatekeeper, but he was very early on Cousin Stiz and NBA Youngboy and a whole bunch of other acts. I would also add OG Chase B, who is Travis Scott's DJ and knows everything that moves a crowd. I would like to say Brocky Marciano, who works with TDE and manages a bunch of producers, and he was also on this podcast. And Eric Ramirez, who knows sad R&B as well as anybody. And I would also like to add Andrew Barber yes. from Fake Shore Drive. Chicago. Who has been on the podcast as well. I think almost everybody has been on the podcast. but A lot of people. But everybody out there has been on the podcast. But Andrew Barber was on and he is hugely influential, especially in the Midwest. He has helped build and establish the careers of so many artists, including Chance the Rappers. And I think that he made the Grammy board cool again this year. He, shout uh, to Andrew Barber. Yeah, shout out to Andrew Barber. A lot of good people got nominated this year. And you know what? Inside New York City, let's shout out Naomi Zeichner, Phil Chang, Rember Brown, Deani Scott, Brendan Jinx Jenkins, who were all brilliant and recognized talent very early and had with us the most amazing conversation on tomorrow's 2017 music wrap-up episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. How is that for a plug? How about that? How about that? Funny Julius asks... What are y'all two favorite moments from 2017? Ooh, two favorite moments? I don't know. This year has been so long. Well, oh, I thought Funny Julius was talking about like for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would say that having the Rockefeller event go so well yeah. was was a top event. Having it actually go on was amazing. <laughs> having it to actually happen was amazing. We did it. We did it. We did that. And and Neef Buck let us wear his Rockefeller chain, and we have pictures to document that, and our shirts look dope, and everyone in the building loved it, and we sold it out. I mean, it's hard to top that. Our SOB show was excellent. We had a great time Going to London that. was really dope. London was amazing. Yeah, I would say those are probably like our top. Putting out our album was incredible. That's something that we sat on for three years. And after it went live at midnight, we went outside and popped a bottle of champagne in the middle of Broadway. That was dope. Yeah, but Eric, we had to limit this to two. Okay, this sorry. Is, yeah, you're sorry. doing too much. <laughs> All right. He also asked, what are your top three favorite guests, each from both of us? For what? For the podcast? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Okay. DJ Green Lantern was one. That was a long time coming. He was... That means a lot because Green Lantern was the first person to co-sign us um, in a major way. Like, we were out at SOBs, and he came over, and he said, you guys are important to hip-hop. And we were like, we we didn't think that anybody knew us at that point. So that was amazing. I would also say having Big Face Gary on was really great, and telling his story, and finding out that he only lives two blocks away. And I would also go with... Michael Dappa was awesome. I really enjoyed having him on. And having him on so early to tell his entire story as opposed to, oh, he's just the man's not hot guy. I'm going to go I'm going to go in a different direction, Jeff. I'm going to say David Cho was a great episode. Yes, because David Cho is one of our best friends. I'm going to say Jenna Luckman was a great episode because she's one of our best friends. And I'm going to say 
Does it have to be from this year? I think so. I, I mean, that's what I'm going off of. Okay. Then I will say Killer Mike. That was another great episode because that was just a lot of fun. It was different, and we flew down to Atlanta to make that happen in Killer Mike's house. I think what was really great about that episode for us is to be welcomed into his home mm-hmm. and to sit down with him and his wife and to have like just a really honest conversation that wasn't just us asking questions, but to actually be more part of the conversation. Like, I agree. That was cool. I agree. Next question comes in from DeAndrew1515 out in Iowa who asks, who is the coolest brother? <laughs> okay, if we had to rank them. <laughs> rank between the three of us? Yeah, me, you, and Dan. Who's the coolest brother? The coolest? Yeah. Who's your choice? I would say me. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? I think that I'm out at all the hot events. Uh-huh. I'm wearing all the cool clothes. That's you. I think that in terms of being phased by things, mm-hmm. I think that I'm the least phased. Okay. Um, I would say me. Okay. Yeah. I will I will say, Jeff, mm-hmm. Dan. Okay. I'm going to say Dan. That hurts me, but yeah. I'm going to say Dan because Dan has that real job, mm-hmm. that cool job. Right. Yeah, Dan is an independent... Yeah. And also, Dan is somebody who everybody asks about. I think right. people might be a little used to us. We might be sort of wallpaper in the city. Dan, when he shows up, you know that it matters. So right. I'm going to say Dan is the coolest. Okay, I'm going to say Dan's second coolest. I'm going <laughs> to say you're the third coolest. That's fine. Yeah. All right. I am HBY from LA. Yes. Asks, Came to our LA show. Shout out to him. Favorite verse from an artist you're not a fan of? All right. I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm going to say Beebs in the Trap. By Nav. Nav? On the Travis Scott album. Yeah, you're not a Nav fan. I'm, but I'm you just, like that Nav part. I think that Nav is very... He's so middle of the road. Like He sounds like everything you would imagine a Supreme line to be. You like know, the line outside of a Supreme <laughs> store, Like that's what he sounds like. I'm not... I'm not... I'm not not a Nav fan. I'm also not a Nav fan. But that new song that he has with Lil Uzi Vert called Wanted You is dope. Is it dope because of Lil Uzi Vert, though? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But whatever. It's fun. Uh, the But my pick, by the way, is going to be Logic, who I'm not a fan of. But I'm a big fan of the song Super Mario World, which is off his Bobby Tarantino mixtape. Mm-hmm. And I liked it originally because our friend Justin Fleischer, the Fleisch, yeah. directed that music video for it. And I supported it, and the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. And I don't know Logic, so it's not like I don't like him personally. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a huge fan of him musically, except this song is dope. Um, also, I hate Extentacion, mm-hmm. but I do like that song with Kodak Black. I don't, I can't even think of what Extentacion's verse sounds like, mm-hmm. but I do find myself liking that song. All right. I wish they could take that verse off. (laughs) Matt Fastow asks, what is the status of the Lenny Dykstra episode? For anybody who doesn't know, Lenny Dykstra is the former outfielder for the 1986 world champion New York Mets baseball team and obviously holds a special place in our baseball hearts. So one night. One night on Twitter, Action Bronson says something about the best chicken parm in Los Angeles. And five nights later... (laughs) <laughs> Lenny Dykstra responds and says, let me know when I can take you out for chicken parm. Uh-huh. And so I see, I guess Action Bronson responded to that, and I was just like, that's crazy. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I need to respond to this. Uh-huh. And so somehow it ended up where Lenny Dykstra invited us mm-hmm. to go get 
eggplant parm. Very nice. With him in Los Angeles, but also he wants to get on the podcast. Who knows what happened to the chicken parm? I don't know. That, well, that was, I said it was like a shot. Okay. But somehow you guys worked out this this sort of detente, right? That we would go and get eggplant parm. No, with... that he would come on the podcast. Well, yeah. And so Matt Fastow, who is a big baseball fan and was paying attention, saw that. And he's asking right now what the status is. And the status is? We haven't reached out to Lenny Dykstra. Okay, we don't know. But hopefully hopefully that he can come up here and it'd be a, a really fun episode over chicken parm or eggplant parm or whatever, right? His political views do not line up with ours. That and is so fair. That is, so as long as we don't talk politics. I don't want to say like, oh, like, you know, he supports the other side. It's that he's such a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Like, he's so off the deep end that I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Right. But I think it would be an interesting conversation. All, All right. we would have to do is just turn the mics on. All I right. will leave that up to you, Jeff. Johnny G1 asks, why is Dame Dash apologizing for the Big Pimpin' video? Did he do that? He did that not only this year, but also in 2014. And the answer is because he feels like, as a 40-something-year-old man, the actions of a 20-something-year-old man pouring champagne on women... That's not who he is anymore. And so, if that's how he feels, that's how he feels. Thoughts on the Big Sean and Metro Boomin project? I think it's so unfair for people in today's day and age to have to come to a opinion on one side of the spectrum or the other immediately. And that's why I wanted to take time to download this project and sit with it for a few days and... I'm glad that I didn't have to write up something and be like, oh, this is this is how I feel right away because who knows where I, where I may have been at that point. When Pull Up and Wreck dropped, I thought it was super dope and I thought, okay, this whole album is going to sound like that. But you know what? I'm glad it doesn't because I enjoy when Metro goes in this left direction and does something like No Hearts, No Love which samples Strawberry Letter 23 by the Brothers Johnson. I love the Narcos interpolation that they did on Who's Stopping Me. I think it's creative. I think it's fun. I think a lot of people shit on Big Sean's lyrics, but on the whole, there's a lot of catchy stuff in there. There's a lot of smart stuff in there. And I think there's a lot of smart stuff that Sean says about friends betraying him. I think there's a lot of stuff that's smart by Sean in terms of relationships on there. I think it was a quality project. I enjoyed it. And I'm really looking forward to listening to it a lot more to see what I can get out of it. Because that's the sign for me of a strong project. If I can listen to it and uncover layers as we go along. What do you think? So I can't say that I've listened to it enough. I listened to it probably like two or three times on loop uh, the first day that it dropped. And I've obviously heard you playing it in the background. But what's going to happen to me is I'm probably not going to listen to it that deeply ever. And I'm probably going to hear like the two songs that really pick up out in the club. And I'm going to love those songs because I hear them over and over and over. And then I'm going to pretend like I love the project or that I, you know, uh, nobody's ever going to ask me again. (laughs) Nobody's ever going to ask me how I feel about this project ever in my life. And let me just say that if I'm ever out and I hear Big Sean saying me and Rosa Parks in the back of the back smoking on whatever, I'm still going to think it's a dumb line. And I'm probably not going to sing along. No, but that, that's not true. That's not true, Jeff. What? Because you know that Kanye's line off of the Pablo album when he's talking about the bleached asshole. Mm-hmm. 
you thought that was stupid, but every time we're out, yeah, you are leading the whole crowd. Well, I'm in a very yelling that line. I'm a very dynamic personality, obviously. <laughs> no, I mean, like there are lots of lines that I don't like that I sing along to. I just can't see myself being like me and Rosa Parks in the back of the back. Like that just seems like something I wouldn't say. But it's a, it's a forgettable line, but it's fine. No, I mean, like me personally. But I, you know, there are lots of like. Uh, I don't like E40's part on I Don't Fuck With You, but here I am being like, I That's pretty good. Yeah. Ryan Farkas asks, since winter is coming, what is the best way to get fat? <laughs> oh, okay. So recently, someone at a PR company somewhere in the Midwest reached out with a generic email and called our podcast a waste of time. W-A-I-S-T. Waste. Like, your waistline. Yeah. And I put that on Instagram and made a joke of it. And a lot of people were like, that is fucking funny. So he is responding to that. And what is the question? Since winter is coming, what is the best way to get fat? I, I mean, not exercise, to eat a lot of carbs. Everything I'm doing the opposite of. I think that is how you get fat, right? I would say, as the person on this podcast who's trying to get fat, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with... Just drink mayonnaise. Drink mayonnaise. Just drink mayonnaise. Just do All it. All winter long. That's also the winter, way... Winter is here. That's also the way to get to my heart. Because that's how you die. Tyler Sees asks, Why haven't you guys come to North Idaho yet? Does Santa come to New York? Okay. I would like to go to North Idaho. I think that it'd be really funny to do an episode out there with a bunch of locals. Can we make that happen? Can someone out there fly us out there to do this episode? We'll leave that to Tyler Sees. And does Santa come to New York? Does Santa come to New York? Well, today is SantaCon. Oh, so yes. Yeah. All the stupid Santas are all around New York. He also asks, which is your favorite Ninja Turtle? Today? Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? I grew up and I was a big Leonardo fan. I think I was too. Donatello? I I don't know. No. Now... You say no? No, Donatello is not? Absolutely not. People who like Donatello are dorks like wow. honestly wow so donatello leonardo he walked around with, like what like a stick who were the other ones <laughs> no thanks who were the other ones okay so leonardo had the sword he was the leader of the crew i thought leonardo had the the sort of like you know no, you're thinking of Raphael, and he Raphael. had the side and go. then the and then michelangelo had nunchucks oh right and michelangelo loved pizza which all of them love pizza it's just that michelangelo loved it marginally more what do they do in this non-carb society that we live in? These yeah, Ninja I, Turtles. I guess. Well, how do they get that? Eric, it's a cartoon. Ugh. Turtles in general eat salads. <laughs> Healthy. Yeah. P- how about salad pizza? Yeah. I would say my favorite now is definitely not Donatello. Donatello is the worst today. Donatello is like the mean spirited. Like super serious one. No thanks. It's a cartoon. I I don't fuck with. Donatello. Wow. Raphael, I would say, is the most interesting one. He's the one that's the most mysterious. He's the one you know least about. How recently have you watched this? He has Psy, so that's cool. The rapper? No. Well, yeah, the <laughs> Korean rapper. <laughs> if Raphael was hanging out with Psy, the Korean rapper, and doing Gangnam Style. Why didn't they do that? That's a good idea. Why do we have all these good ideas that we just, like, don't make happen i would say michelangelo is my second least favorite and who's your and favorite? then i would um i would say that i'm gonna go with Raphael now what happened as to an, Le- as leonardo an, well as an adult i've matured and i would say that Raphael is obviously the 
My God. The smarter man's let's, choice. Let's get to the next question here. Fuck Donatello. No Loitering asks, what's the biggest fight you two have gotten into that is appropriate to share? I'm glad that he put that is appropriate to share in, <laughs> in parentheses. Like, hey, you guys might have fought about something, but you don't have to reveal too much. Guys, like any duo that works together, obviously there are there are arguments, there are fights. Um, yeah, but what's like a good... Well, okay, here's the one that I can think of. Okay. I remember that when we shot our first video with Joel Ortiz in Queens, right? Oh, yeah. We did a sketch video with Rick Cordero and Joel Ortiz and Joel's then-manager, Mike, heard us arguing about the creative vision that we had for this video around the corner down this hallway and thought it was the greatest thing he'd ever heard. He was like, that is good. And we're just like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> like, this is our life right here. This is our creativity and don't get involved in this. And he was just like, that's that's how you win long term. And so, you know. Young One Yacht asks, like the Rockefeller episode, which other group would y'all bring together? Rough Riders or Dipset or G-Unit or Murder, Inc.? I don't know that I would bring any of those four groups together. Also, we don't want to be coined the reunion guys. Like, that's not the box that we want to live in. Right. I don't think. No, but I think that there are ways to, to I think there are ways to have nostalgia for the past without having to bring it about in the same way. Like the thing about the Rockefeller episode that was so great was that was the top label ever and we got it. So I feel like to go sort of like you're 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 sort of going downstream if you're going for any of those four labels. And by the way, you can argue that Bad Boy was just as big, but they already did their reunion like tour and show and the whole things and and a movie. So let's sort of think in new ways, shall we? Yeah, I, none of those none of those four groups interest me in the same way as as the Rockefeller thing. Okay, uh, Diana asks what cologne does jeff wear it is woods by abercrombie <laughs> i'm a 13 year old boy there you go and i shower in woods by abercrombie please send me woods by abercrombie just be norm asks what was the defining song of the Rockefeller era i think it's what we do that's what he said that's what that's what he said that's a, that's a pretty good one what we uh, do yeah um uh, i might go with champions but it's not that's not big enough no, so certainly like, not. But I think that's the song that, that, that makes me happiest about that the, time. No, the defining one of the era, I'm sure, is PSA by Jay-Z. Right. That's the, I think that's the one that, like, you put that on and everybody in the world is just like, they know when to yell hove, they know when to throw the rock up, they know the significance of it. It's that sound, it's just Blaze. That's what I would go with, PSA. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good choice. Omar Muhammad 53 asks, will we ever see a Bodega Boys It's the Real podcast? We'd like that to happen. Yeah, we're working on it. We we we've put the invitation out. We've talked to them about it. It always helps more when people at when you yeah. people at them on Twitter. If you guys want us to be on Deezus and Mero, at them on Twitter. If you want both of the Bodega Boys to be up here on our podcast, at them on Twitter. If you guys want us to meet up with them and hang out in real life. I mean, that's going to happen. We're seeing them next week. That but, That is up to us. But I think that... Um, but at them on Twitter anyway. Yeah, at them on Twitter. I think that works for anybody. Sure. Right? Like, if you want somebody on Twitter to be on our podcast, at them. Be relentless. Ken Miles, shout out to Ken, 
What did your eldest relative think when you decided to first launch the podcast? Probably nothing. The podcast? Yeah, probably nothing. I think that when we first decided to do our career in that, the hip hop yeah. space, <laughs> that was that a was lot probably of more. Like grandma would just be like, "Good luck." Yeah. Like she didn't have any clue what this meant or what this was or anything. She she she, she was surprised we did music. She was surprised that we were comedians one time. She was just like, "You're funny." Yeah. Um I mean, she was also, you know, she was very old. Was, yeah, that was towards the tail end. But um I I think at this point, you know, 10 years into our career, any older relatives are sort of like, okay, whatever they're doing, this is just another piece and great. Om Ashe Om asks, with the rise of good, innovative online visual music content like Noisy Images, Hip Hop DX's Breakdown, etc., what lane do you think is grossly untapped? Okay, so if people don't know what Noisy Images is... I don't. Noisy Images is a YouTube channel where they look at significant moments through of music history, like Kanye's um, 808s and Heartbreaks, for instance, or different albums, and they'll look at it from the pictures that were taken at that time. So that's like a slideshow while also talking over it and explaining what was going on. Are so they giving some context? Images of that album? It's like Nabil, it's all Nabil's images and you sort of look at... Of that album, not just like... Of that know. time. So Nabil takes a picture in like Saudi Arabia and that counts? Of Kanye. Oh, it's of Kanye. Yeah, it's not just like Nabil that's taking what I'm a picture of like that's a what I'm asking you. That, yeah. that was the question. Yeah. So that's what the, what the sort of bar is. I think that there's a lot of critical content out there a lot of people who say like oh like this is an album that you should be listening to these are albums that i remember from the past this is a time that i remember there's a lot of commentary but what i think that the the question is what what market is untapped what lane is untapped i think that artists need to be more involved in creating content um that is more from their point of view i would agree um i think that to have more people on the outside getting into this lane. I I don't. I think that's yeah. I, I, it's already crowded. I think it's understood that that artists or athletes or anybody has to own their content now. And the most significant way to get their message across is by putting their own content out there. And I I, I think that they know that. And if you're not an artist, there are still ways to get in and do creative and innovative things but that's on you to get in touch with those artists or labels or whatever to help make that happen also i'm not encouraging this because i don't want to crowd out our lane but i do think that there's not enough comedy happening in the visual space there you go a waste of time with it's the real second annual 12 days of podcast is sponsored by our friends at def jam recordings who have a number of great projects dropping this holiday season now i know it feels like a million rap albums just show up on your doorstep every day but let's be honest there's only one that feels like an event. And that's this surprise album called Pressure by the Snowman Jeezy. And by the way, it's a surprise album to us maybe, but clearly he's put that work in considering the features that he's gotten on the album from T Grizzly to Kodak Black, YG, Wizkid, Trey Songs, Puff Daddy, 2 Chains, and obviously the track that everybody's talking about, American Dream featuring J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, Jeezy is not only the most consistent artist out, but he is a legend. 
Now, Jeff and I went to the official listening party last night at Avenue here in New York City, and Jeezy was in the building. He came through and announced that we were the first people to hear any of these records. Now, officially, Ice may disagree with that statement, but even before DJ Ace started the album playback, they played a million classic Jeezy records, which has us super excited for Jeezy's upcoming 31-city cold summer tour with the man T. Grizzly starting this February. So here's what you need to know. Pressure drops this Friday, December 15th, but make sure you go right now to jeezyshop.com and pre-order the album. Let's all get ready for the cold summer tour that starts in February, and let's salute the legend, Snow. Trav Dave from Ohio. Mm -hmm. Ohio's own Trav Dave asks, favorite non-hip-hop album for both of y'all? Ever? Ever. Oh, I think we sort of talked about this in episode 100, but I... Obviously, have a soft spot for Dave Matthews Band. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Rocks, Live at Red Rocks was a great album for me. Mm-hmm. Ben Folds 5 put out three, four great albums for me that were very important to my life. I would say those. I listened to a lot of soul. I listened to a lot of R&B. Uh, this year, I rediscovered Janet Jackson's Velvet Rope. That was great. I would say I listened to a lot of Willie Hutch. I listened to a lot of Curtis Mayfield. I would say when the Supremes sang Sam Cooke songs, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I think those are all good choices by me. Trav Dave asks, would you guys ever do an episode with your mom, Dukes? The answer is yes. I want to do an episode with us, our mom, and Jim Jones. The idea was going to be that all of us were going to get together in one room and watch the Democratic presidential debates together. Yeah. And that would have been fascinating for one reason or another. Not our moms. It didn't work out. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, listen, our, our mom loves Killer Mike. Our mom loves Questlove. Well, our mom's not the, not the issue. No, but I'm <laughs> saying like, getting you know. a guest to come over to agree to our silly ideas. That is the bigger hurdle. Dynamite This Is says, when was the last time you cried and why? Oh, my God. Oof. <laughs> Eric, you have a good answer. Well, I... <laughs> I I cried uh, for a, for a good week after my girlfriend and I split up last month. Yeah, that was that was a very trying time. That was a very heavy time. I got all the tears out, and uh, I am trying to practice self care and uh, improve on myself and move into the new year only with tears of joy. Shout out to Rick Ross. Yeah, I don't have a really good answer. Probably while watching some movie. Nothing that... That was probably the last time. Xavier underscore asks, any progress on getting 2 chains? Well, this is the reason that I cry. <laughs> this, is, this is why I cry. Um, we have not made any progress on getting 2 chains in the podcast. It's really amazing. They love us, but we can't get him to commit to doing this. But we heard that 2 chains doesn't like doing anything. So... Well, so that, that's 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 the real you know inhibitor here. Maybe we need to go back down to Atlanta and like go to his house. That's, yeah, we'll just surprise him. There you go. We'll knock on the door. We'll walk inside and we'll say, "Hey, the podcast is here." That's right. Yeah, and this is our mom. <laughs> yeah, Cindy underscore Lil Ten hey. says, "What is the one thing you guys still want to accomplish that you haven't yet?" Oh my god, a lot of a these lot. questions are going to make me cry. There's there's a lot of stuff we want to do. We have a TV show that we're trying to rescue. We have a second album that we're working on. We have a book idea that we are getting fit to pitch around. 
What else are we doing? We'd like to make it to 200 episodes of this podcast. We want to get two chains on the podcast. What else? What's something that you you personally? I want to get my own place mm-hmm. in New York City. Yep. I want to. I want to travel more. Mm-hmm. I do. There's part of me that really wants to drive around the United States and experience that. Um, I want to. You know, there's there's just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, this sounds like um, a New Year's resolution thing for me. I want to get back in the gym, or get in the gym, however you want to phrase that. I want to stop saying um and like. <laughs> That's a big thing for me because I think I sound like an idiot. Oh, I want to do more It's the Real merch. Yeah. I I think people really like the t-shirts. We should do more of those. We're just trying to think of innovative and new ways. I to- wanted to make mugs that said world's best mumble rapper. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell if people wanted that or not. So let us know in the comments, guys, please. Yeah. Deshaun was here says, how have your expectations changed since beginning the show? Oh, we have very realistic <laughs> expectations now. 150 episodes in. <laughs> I do not think that this is going to be a quick rise. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know that I I don't know what I thought in the beginning. I think it was we, we sort of saw this as just a thing to do on a weekly basis. And we didn't have major expectations. We didn't know that there was a real lane for us. Even back then, it felt like we were entering the podcast game sort of late. And, and look at us now, 150 episodes in. Yeah, I think we've carved out a real lane for us. Also, you can tell by the way that the podcast moves now, we understand what works. And that doesn't mean that we're settling. I think we're thinking of new and different ways to add on to what is a quality product right and we want to move in some certain directions to have more fun with it we don't want to just you know figure out what what rappers did and when they learned how to drive and stuff anymore we want to talk about what interests them now you know what movies do you like what what comedy what where's your favorite places to travel like what's something you can talk about for an hour that you don't normally get to talk about anthony and more asks You guys are known for going out to all the events, which are usually not near your neighborhood. This is true. That is a major fact. After all these years, why do you still live on the Upper West Side? We have really good landlords. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good That's a huge thing. We have really good landlords who let us, you know, do what we do, do not complain. Our neighbors have no problem with what we do. And we live in a nice building. The rent is right. Well, okay, let's talk about the Upper West Side for a second, because a lot of people might not know like what's up here besides just people living up here. Like, there's not much to do up here, right? Right across the street, we have a 24-hour grocery store, which is yeah, we, a godsend. We live at the cross section of an express train stop, which is very important here in Manhattan. It means that you can skip the local stops. It's very quick. And also, we have a crosstown bus, which means we can get from the west side to the east side very easily. So, also, it should be said, it costs so much money to live in Manhattan, it does not cost that much money to live in our apartment. So, like, that's the real reason. <laughs> that's the real it. reason is, like, because we can't move anywhere else. Right. <laughs> that's that. That's for it. now. For now. Yeah. Conscious B, Brandon Edwards, asks, have you reached out to Mace yet? No. I sort of wanted Mace on the podcast before any of this whole thing happened. I wanted him on when they were doing the Bad Boy reunion, but then I was told by some people, like, eh, who cares about Mace? Well, I think if anyone wants a really good Mace interview, go watch the Angie Martinez one. Was it good? It was good. Okay. Crispo Slice on Instagram has a bunch of questions. He says, have you guys ever had a regular 9-to-5 job? If so, what was it, and did you quit or get fired? I had a 9-to-5 job. I was working for 
HBO and AOL had a team up. They had this uh, website that they were working on back in 2007 when the market, there was a huge bubble. There was an internet bubble and they were just paying out the ass for a website that never would have made any money. And so I was part of that and I did not get fired. The website did shut down and we found out in the, the newspaper or something. I have never had a nine to five job. Well, good on you. <laughs> no, it's, I, you know, you could say good on me. You could say not good on me. It's just my story. You know, like having a nine to five shouldn't stop you from doing whatever you want. But at the same time, a nine to five wasn't where I needed to be in my life. And I'm I think I'm better off because of my path. Whatever. You probably would have gotten fired anyway. There okay. you go. Did you guys play any sports growing up? Yes. Or what kind of hobbies did you have then and now? We did. We, we played all types of sports after school at the local rec center. We also played Little League Baseball. And what hobbies do we have? We would... I was really good at horse. I wouldn't say I was good at basketball. I was pl- good at playing horse. Yeah. All right. You know, put, pick a spot. I can shoot it in. <laughs> I probably won't miss five times. That's That's how you win horse. That's just a little tip from me, professional horse player. There you go. Jeff Rosenthal. What hobbies did you have then and now? I used to collect shot glasses, which is a very weird thing. That's not a hobby. That's not a hobby, but it is an interest, I guess. (laughs) I used to collect shot glasses. That's like when people say, hey, what are your skills? And you put horse. (laughs) Well, I'm very good at horse. That is a skill. You should put Excel. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I excel at horse. I would say, what are my interests? Or no, what kind of hobbies? You're you're changing his question. <laughs> I don't know what the question is. It's right in front of me. There were what, hobbies, hobbies, hobbies. What's the difference between a different an interest and a hobby? An interest is collecting shot glasses. A hobby. It doesn't. That was an interest to you. I you guess were, you were interested in doing that. A hobby is. Can I just say for the hobbies thing, uh, I once put on a resume that I had come in second place in fantasy football. Good for you. I don't think did that's it get you a the hobby job? either. Did it keep you? Did it keep the job? It might have kept the job. I didn't uh, get fired. I, there was a time in my life when, and I don't know if this is the time that he's asking about, but I was probably in seventh and eighth grade when I repainted our parents' basement mm-hmm. with life-size baseball logos. Well, it's not life-size, but they were they were big. They were they big were, logos. They were larger than life. Yeah, larger than life logos. Well, it's not because you're not you don't walk around down the street and you see like a logo walking around. Well, like you, you know, yeah, not in the Upper West Side. No, if you see somebody wearing Supreme, probably right. But that's life-size. So uh, all all of the Major League Baseball teams were represented, and then when they would change their logos and update them, I would paint over them with the new logo. And I got in Sports Illustrated for kids for that. That was an interest and a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like reading. I enjoy refreshing Twitter. <laughs> I also hate refreshing Twitter. <laughs> Um, also, who would win one-on-one basketball game? Low-key feel like Eric has a fire jumper. Well, as we just discussed, I'm really good at horse. So, I don't know. I would probably lose the game, but I could play. I could beat Eric and horse. <laughs> could you? I guess we'll have to find out. All right. Let's get this sponsored by somebody. Yes. DJ Yanni. Hey, Chicago. What was your first music memory, and more importantly, what was your first hip-hop memory that made you guys want to do this? My first music memory, this is my first, but one of my first was I sang unprompted, I sang Heard It Through the Grapevine for my kindergarten class, and I don't think I knew what the song was about when I sang it. I did not know that it was about finding out that uh, that your significant other was cheating on you. 
My first music memory is, and I was reminded of this recently when we went to Washington to go see our relatives. We drove down with uh, our mom and our brother Dan. And my first music memory is when my mom and I would sing the John Denver and Emmy Lou Harris song, Wild Montana Skies. And when I tell you, talk about crying, I was up there driving, you know, 85 miles per hour down 95 with tears streaming down my eyes reminiscing about this song and Jeff pulled it up on Spotify and that was my first musical memory what was the first hip-hop memory that made you guys want to do this Ooh, uh, that's a weirdly it's a weirdly worded question right like yeah so because the first hip-hop memory that I have the first song that that impacted me to make the videos might have been Nelly's Grills. That was one. There was another one that we did about softball. I can't remember what the song was. I, I mean, Nelly's soft or Nelly Nelly's um Nelly had a song about baseball. I forget what it was. Oh, it's hard, like hardball. Welcome, right? ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's hardball. I think. Yeah, but <laughs> Nelly was not the driver of of it's the real. Anyway, Nelly's a huge influence on us. But I think that we just we just loved hip hop and loved comedy and thought there was an intersection for those two things and thought that we had a chance to do something cool and we never thought that it would take us this far or maybe we did i don't know all right this is df on twitter daniel asks your favorite tracks during your bar mitzvah years mine (laughs) are so embarrassing i'm mine are too i'm sure uh when i was 13 you know what sucked Yo, this is incredible thinking back. So the DJ Mm -hmm. who was hired to do my bar mitzvah was this white dude. Of course he was. Probably in his 40s, right? Mm -hmm. Who, and this, you know, we're talking like CDs at this point. We're not talking about just pulling something up off Serato. But to make his life easier, because for anyone who doesn't know, you have this candle lighting ceremony where you have... How many candles? Is it 13? Probably. 13. Or 14 or something like that? Yeah. Candles, and you invite different people from your life up or different groups of your family up to light a candle in a symbolic ceremony before you start the party. It's on this big cake, and it says, like, congratulations, you know, on being bar mitzvah or whatever. And you invite your grandparents up. You invite your aunt and uncle from Florida up. And you invite all your friends from middle school up. And, you know, all these different things. Yeah. My camp friends like number seven. Yeah, exactly. So, the DJ, we meet up, and I'm like, hey, I have all these great ideas for each person should have a different song and do this, that, and the other. And he was like, cool, cool, cool. That all sounds great, except... To make my life a little easier, how about we use We Are Family by Sister Sledge for like 10 of them? And how do you argue with, you know, 40-year-old weekend DJ, whatever his name is, right? and your parents just being like, come on, let's get out of here. Meanwhile, I'm like, I really, really, really want to hear, you know, whatever, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch for when my camp friends come up or yeah, whatever it is. Roll. Yeah, yeah, Tootsie Roll. Yeah, like you weren't... That sucked so much. We weren't raised to be like those white kids who were like, fuck you. Like, you no, know, like, it was just like, all right, I guess. Yeah. I guess he knows better. Yeah. We are family. God oh, damn it. Oh, my God. And I hate that song. <laughs> Me and this kid, Steve Fraioli, who I was, you know, barely friends with, mm-hmm. but we used to kill it at all the bar mitzvahs. We would, do, we would do these disco acts. He was Disco Steve, wow. and I was, I didn't have a nickname. And 
we would we would do so i was really into saturday night live as a or saturday night fever as a 13 year old in 1997 or something wow yeah like i said it was gonna be embarrassing not great next question not great trav dave also asks what albums in the last seven years do y'all consider a classic why seven years uh classic oh because of 2010 2017 oh okay um classic albums that i can listen to like over and over again that i I mean kanye which one my beautiful dark twisted fantasy okay that came out in 2012 Mm -hmm. i would say rick ross has definitely put out some albums oh if yeah uh teflon don you would say that's a classic I would say that's a classic album. I think 444 is a classic. There you go. I think that... There's got, is is Take Care a classic? No. Uh, Maybe. Take Care might be the classic Maybe. Of, of all of his. Probably that's that's probably his best. All right, let's call it at that. Yeah. Oh, I would say Flock of Veli by Waka Flocka. Hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I would say... Culture? Do you think Culture will be... I don't know. I don't know. But that's something more recent. Culture probably moved the needle in a way that that makes it a classic, right? Sure. I think. Then I mean, yeah. A lot of the ones that I think of now will probably be considered as classics. Like Lil Uzi Vert against the world versus the world will probably be considered a classic in a few years. And I don't know if that's just because like everybody thinks that everything's a classic. Probably. Yeah. But I do think that though. I mean, isn't it nice to live in a world where it's either classic or trash? Yeah, no. That, that's the kind of world I want to live in. Okay. Every episode I put out is either classic or trash. That's right. And usually it's classic or trash. Emily O. Estevez, Emilio Estevez says, "What has been each of your proudest moments that have come from starting this podcast, or are a direct result from this podcast? Also, what is your favorite Sean Mendes song and why?" All right. Best moments. Mm-hmm. I, clearly, the Rockefeller thing is a milestone for us yeah i think that changed a lot of things for us in terms of the respect that we get around here i think that it helped our bookings i think that it probably made us feel really good so it sure did so i will confirm that it made me feel really good to to have that happen i just like every week putting together an episode that i feel is really really strong and has jokes in it has good through line in it, makes people feel inspired, is a chance for us to show our talents. And also, I really, really, really like how we edit the outro to make the music end at a specific point every week. That's a lot of fun. I think that it's just great to highlight people that we think are cool and are important and you know are, are getting underserved by other platforms i think that we put out a podcast that showcases our friends and people that we look up to in a really good way so i think that's cool agreed dean carlo chin who has been on this podcast yes says are we ever gonna get a mickey fax emilio rojas or charles hamilton episode or at least another joe budden episode dean carlo chin likes four artists (laughs) and those artists are Mickey Fax, Emilio Rojas, Charles Hamilton, and Joe Budden. I think that out of those four, the most likely to appear on our podcast is Joe Budden. I was going to say Dean Carlo Chin. There you go. All right. Ethan Zoned Out Mackin says, what was it like meeting R&B superstar Miguel? Okay. So Ethan is referring to an an Instagram that we put up last week of us hanging out with Miguel here in New York City. We actually met 
Miguel about six years ago in Chicago when we interviewed him for MTV. And subsequently, we ran into him in Los Angeles at the BET Awards and one time at Angie Martinez's barbecue here in New York. But we haven't seen him for a while. It was nice to catch up with him when we saw him last week. I would like to say, for a time, we were signed to the same management company as Miguel. And it was based out in Los Angeles. And when we would go there to visit, there was this guy who was somewhat working the front desk, but I think was in charge of HR. And he had no idea who we were, which we were so mad at. We would tell all of our friends who work at the company that this guy had zero idea who we were, even though... No, we thought it was funny. If you saw us on the website, our picture was right there, so that he didn't realize who we were got me mad. We are represented here. Everybody should know at least our faces. Then our friends told us that Miguel walked in there and went through the same thing. So, superstars... Just like us. Sam Riddle on Instagram asks, who's the one who got away interview-wise? The one. The one. There's so many. There's so many. AJ Calloway is one. AJ Calloway, we were emailing him personally. He wouldn't respond. I was told I was going to get a call from him on a blocked number. That never happened. I was supposed to... I was I was contacting his publicist over and over and over. We were they They were like send over some dates we'll make it happen and then it just never happened i'm just not sure what the problem is like you know what is what is really offensive about the way we conduct interviews you know so whatever it is aj we're sorry that we did it or didn't do it aj we just want you on the podcast we just want to talk about freestyle friday that's it that's it all we want to do is talk to AJ Calloway about Freestyle Friday. Sam Riddle also asks, who do you want on the pod out of the hip-hop world and culture? There's a lot of people on that, too. Steve Higgins from the Jimmy Fallon show. Ben Folds would be good. I don't remember who else. I reached out for Nicole Richie. How'd that go? They said that they were sort of interested. And then? And then it never happened. Okay, yeah. We reached out for the Broad City Girls. Mm-hmm. That weirdly, like, they, they respond back in not nice ways, the publicists. People don't want to do the podcast. Yvonne Gorgonio X says, how can I intern for you guys? I'd like to introduce you guys to upcoming artists and help research for your episodes. This is always an uh, interesting question because yeah. we're in that place right now where theoretically could we use an intern? Of course. Do we have things that need to be run around the city? Do we have well, phone calls he, and emails to be made? I don't think he lives in New York, by the way. Oh, well, for anybody who asks us about internships in New York, which a lot of people do, the difficult thing that I find is that probably the most help that we need right now is with editing. And when it comes to editing, we want the feel to be right we we need somebody who has uh a good sort of feel for our comedy and a good idea of how to edit podcasts and we either haven't found that person yet or we're too stubborn to accept those people yet but if you're really 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 interested in interning for us and know that and and you live in new york city that it comes without a lot of shine. It's not the most glamorous thing. Like, we're two guys who do a podcast, right? If you want to be a part of this and you're serious about it, you can get in touch with us, email us, and send us your resume and, and I suppose, some examples of your work, and then we'll go through it and see if it's something that really fits. Yeah, I think that we've had one intern in our lives, mm-hmm. and he was not great. <laughs> right. He, uh, 
he didn't do any like we we basically had to teach him everything and that wasn't what we were sort of interested in doing it was just a waste of time ha it was a waste of time just crisis asks yo can you please shout me out hey it's eric and jeff and we are it's the real we're just shouting out just crisis we know nothing about you we don't know where you're from we don't know what you do but thanks for listening Shout out to Just Crisis. Bow, 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 blocka, blocka, blocka. Just Crisis says, can you please make a mini montage of your favorite moments for a waste of time? Oh, man. This is what we need an intern for. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, no. The answer is no. But yeah, we would like to. Just not going to happen. Be More Mills from Baltimore says, this may be too touchy of a subject, but how do y'all deal with some of the clearly anti-Semitic stuff in hip hop? I loved the Big Face Gary episode, but I had to cringe a few times during some of his rants. And during the new Freddie and Jason mixtape, I noticed Kiss is still dropping Jewish lawyer lines. A few of your guests in the past have also made some suspect comments. Curious if you would or have cut something out because it was crazy. Okay, so we've been asked this question before, maybe not on the podcast, but we've been asked by different people that we know personally. And here's how I take it. I mean, you, you can answer on your own, Jeff. Yeah. I was talking to our friend Phil recently, our friend Phil Chang, and I think that there's a certain generation of people who just don't know any better and think that, oh, okay, all Jews are wealthy and all Jews haven't made and all Jews are doctors and lawyers and dentists and and run the world and they run the banks. And the truth is, that's not the case. And yes, Jeff and I are Jewish. Yes, we were raised with certain values. And yes, we have made it to a point in our lives where we are, you know, uh, treading water or above treading water, whatever. But it's not like we were born into this. It's not like we didn't work for this. And it's not like we had it made. So the idea that all Jews are floating until they just hit that success is is not the case and it's not the case for us and it's not the case for most people we're persecuted people as well and i think that for us i just don't regard any of those comments with any type of seriousness i sort of think like well you know big face gary just doesn't know any better and you know he grew up a couple blocks from us and stayed there and I'm sure a lot of the same people did around him and the same sort of stereotypes grew and stayed there. And look, there's worse stereotypes. I got to be honest. Like there's worse things to say that like, oh, well, Jews are are good with money or Jews have a good sense about them or Jews, you know, keep leveling up. But it doesn't come from a place where we are gifted anything. Um, And I, I think in terms of what Jeff and myself have done, we put a lot of hard work into our careers and our lives to get to our point and we still have a long way to go and we're Jewish and we're proud of that, but it is not something that helped us get here. Yeah, I would say there's been nobody in our apartment that I've had to, that I, I felt the need to press on that. Um, I, I agree with you that there's never been like the seriousness that I've taken with it. Um, but I do think that, cause I, I always think like, how would Peter Rosenberg respond to this? And I think that he would probably respond in a, in a much more serious way. I think that Peter has dealt with a lot more than we have. 
And so I don't know. That being said, there's been like one person that I had to say something to in the past 10 years which was somebody who got a little bit too comfortable and was making Holocaust jokes. And so I felt like that had crossed a line. And I said, listen, like, I know we're friends, but like, you can't say that shit to me. Um, and so that, that was sort of it. That's the, the one thing. And I think that he was the person who I had to talk to was like a little bit off, uh, put off by that. Um, but I think that if you're friends with somebody, then you can tell them, you know, how you feel honestly. And, um, and so hopefully, you know, he learned from that. I don't, I don't know. Big Walt 206 says rapid fire, better rapper, Shaq Diesel or Dame Dalla. That's Damian Lillard's name. Right. Uh, Shaq Diesel by far. Yes. Uh, because Shaq Diesel had Kobe, Kobe tell me how yeah. my ass tastes. Yep. Better rapper, Sir Mixalot or Macklemore. Uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say probably Macklemore, but I listen to Sir Mix a lot. There you go. Better rapper, Hershey's Kisses or Ferrero Rocher. I'm going to say Ferrero Rocher is a better rapper. That's true. It's gold and it is shiny and it is at your local CVS. <laughs> Armand Darkeye says, what's your waist sizes? Uh, another waste of time. Uh, I believe I'm a... 46. Yes, and I'm 46 and trying to get down to... 45 and a half. Yeah. Um, Fagan, DVNFGN says, will there be a best of episode for 2017? Hashtag a waste time. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes, there will be. All right. Los Def says, top five Jay-Z albums. Real quick. Don't even think about it. Okay. Blueprint, Black mm-hmm. Album, Reasonable Doubt, Volume 2, and American Gangster. Ooh, no 444? Four, four, four? And 444. Four. All right. <laughs> Johnny G1 asks, did you take that AK-47 from Jeezy? Okay, so I interviewed young Jeezy for Rolling Stone back in 2011. Today Mm -hmm. is the six-year anniversary of that interview. How about that? And while I was interviewing him, I asked him a question about an AK-47. And he said, oh, you know what that is? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I know what it is. That's why I asked you about it. And he said... Okay, and then he said he's, he was going to buy me an AK-47 for Christmas. So two weeks later, you and I go to Chicago yes. to interview a bunch of people, like the LEP Bogus Boys and Miguel, Miguel yep. and Young Jeezy. Yes. And so I asked Young Jeezy, like, ha, 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 remember me? I saw you two weeks ago. You offered me an AK-47. And he said, I don't have one, but my man over there does. And it's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then we asked him, we said, can you do the alphabet? in your voice so it'd be like a b and he said no c he said absolutely not all right these next set of questions come in from michael sanchez hey michael sanchez yes what are your thoughts on where the scene is at now we had this moment in 2017 where it seemed like soundcloud rap if that's even a semi-accurate label was going to take over now it seems like they're falling off is this good or bad does it matter is it another variation of yet another cycle we've seen before i think that that is actually pretty spot on my guess is that it's going to flame out pretty quickly uh soundcloud rap i do think so i think that like that florida sound all those kids i think it's sort of is that because there won't be a SoundCloud anymore? Yes, that's exactly right. No, I think it's just like sort of one of those hot explosions of a scene, and then I think it's just going to sort of mellow out. I think the new place where people are finding talent is Alabama, 
There's a lot of kids coming up in Alabama who are just killing it right now. The kids on Floribama Shore? Yeah, yes. Floribama? Floribama, which you have not watched, I don't think. No, but I, I don't doubt that that is a bastion of talent right there. All I want to talk about is Jersey Shore and Floribama Shore. The first episode of Floribama Shore is on par, I would say, <laughs> with the first season of Jersey Shore. Michael. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Write us back about Floribama Shore. Next, who is a rapper y'all thought was going to get big but for some reason never did? I thought this kid Grande Marshall from Fool's Gold has incredible talent, but it just didn't happen. Any similar stories from y'all? Anyone y'all want to shine a light on? I have a few. (laughs) Um, My most famous one is that I thought the cool kids were going to be bigger than Drake. Thank God we're not betting people. No, Well, it hasn't happened yet. I I guess I didn't put like a timeline on it, Mm -hmm. but... Maybe 2018 is the year that the cool kids finally overtake finally, Drake. Finally. Um, I would also say I thought that Fam Lay was going to be really big. They were working with Pharrell and the Neptunes. Mr. Motherfucking X Squire out from Brooklyn. Um, he signed a bad deal. And I thought that he was, you know, it was the, the time of ASAP and all these Flatbush zombies. I thought that he was going to be on that wave as well. I'm not saying that I am like ahead of the curve like this or that I'm, you know, that I. That I knew any of these artists were going to be anything, but I suppose if you want to say any any artist that I was like in their corner and thought maybe they had a chance, mm-hmm. Kid Sister, mm-hmm. Obi Trice, I mm-hmm. thought would have been bigger. Also, Shade Scheist. Michael Sanchez wants to know any feelings on Eminem and his quote unquote comeback. Not really. Nope. If you could listen to only one label for the rest of your life, would it be Rockefeller? And if yes, who's next? Would it be Rough Riders? Probably. Probably Rockefeller, and then maybe Good Music after that. Bad Boy. Bad Boy has a hell of a catalog. I'm going to go with... First label I would listen to for the rest of my life is Cash Money, and here's my my reasoning. Yes. Because there's so many artists who have signed to Cash Money, and hopefully I have a long life, and I have a a short attention span. (laughs) Yeah, I can't just listen to, like... Name your boutique label, and I'll listen to the six artists that have been on there. No, I need, like, 400 artists. I would say second place would probably be maybe Bad Boy. I could I could do Bad Boy for, for a really, really long time. Or good music. No, I'm going to go with Bad Boy. I'm going to stick with Bad Boy. You said Cash Money. Yeah. Well, Cash Money, obviously, first. Then Bad Boy. So Rockefeller. Rockefeller is not in my top two. For my, the rest of my life? No. That was the question. I know. It was, it was after Rockefeller. No, for him. Um, for you. For hi- No, it's it besides Rockefeller. No, would it be Rockefeller? My answer is no. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, my answer is cash money. Cash money, then... But they didn't want to know then. He just wanted to know what your choice was. But if, if yes, then who? Right. So just me, then cash money. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad that I spent... 30 seconds answering a question that only took five seconds. Aaron Beitler, who we went to high school with, says, would you consider interviewing a regular guy who doesn't know anything about hip-hop but who respects and appreciates the art? For sure. You know, I don't think that it necessarily has to be a guest who knows about hip-hop. I think we're very interested. Clearly, hip-hop like just runs through our veins. I think the guest just has to be an interesting person. It doesn't need to be like, well, when did you fall in love with hip-hop? Right. Like, we just want to interview somebody who has a good story, can laugh with us, and you know we can find out how they made it to this point in their lives. Right, and I think that there was a, there was a, a point when we were coming up with the idea for this podcast mm-hmm. where we wanted to have all these people we hadn't seen since high school. Right. 
but then I thought maybe it would be a little offensive. Like, where, what have you been up to? And like, make, I didn't want to make them feel insecure or weird about the fact that we have this platform and they're just living their lives. Like, the, the idea of it was to be like, hey, anybody has a good story. Yeah. But I can see where that would get a little weird. Yeah, it wouldn't be like, hey, like, what have you, like, yeah. it's, it's like the 50, the 50 Cent line where yeah. it's like, damn, homie. <laughs> In high school, you was the man. Homie. Well, I mean, in high no. school, like I knew you. Yeah. <laughs> and now, the fuck happened to you? You're here. And now that we're saying it out loud, maybe it is a good idea. It's a really good <laughs> idea. Anyway, if anybody wants to take that podcast idea, we're not doing it. Right. Tobago Slim asks our final question, which is, when is the Cameron episode going to happen, or the Vashti episode? Well, we're going to see Vashti on the twenty first. Yeah. But, we're so co-hosting a, an event with her. Right. It's us and Deez Zamero and a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. So maybe. We'll see. Yeah. And, and then though, Vashti's always been great to us. And with Cameron. But the thing about, okay. The thing about the Vashti thing. Yeah. And the reason like. So we, we've had Vashti on our first podcast back in 2010. Yeah. We had Hannibal Burris on our podcast in 2010. Mm-hmm. We had Just Blaze on our podcast in 2010. Yeah. Did a so lot like, of things early. So it's hard to bring people back when you already know the whole story that's and that's why we did the just blaze thing with phil chang here where we talked about star wars and star wars only right how we don't care about star wars because that was something where just as a personal friend of ours and you don't want to keep you know bringing him up here for the same stories everyone's heard all the stories just blaze has talked about all the stories so we were like well what's one way to have fun with our friend and talk about something different and that, that was Star Wars for him. Anyway, the Cameron episode might happen soon. Yeah. Or might not. Who uh, knows? Well, we, we, <laughs> who knows? We will see. We have one final question which comes in from Bun B. Yes. Bun B on Instagram who asks, where did y'all meet? This is really Bun B. Yeah, he's verified. <laughs> it is verified Bun B, the real trillionaire. Our friend Bun B asks, what? Where did y'all meet? Where did we meet? Well, Jeff, where did we meet? We met here right now. <laughs> On this very podcast, on the 150th episode, big day. I'm glad that I found out you're not allergic to peanut butter. I'm glad I learned that we have so much in common. Well, we are family, Jeff. It's time to light candle number nine. I'm Eric. I'm Jeff. This has been a waste of time. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about us, I'm Eric, you're Jeff, we're It's The Real. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to know where they can find more It's The Real, where can they go? You can always go to listen to our podcast on iTunes. Search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, no apostrophes, no spaces. We are also on SoundCloud.com slash A Waste of Time if you want to listen to our music. We are on all the streaming services, every single one. We're talking about Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all of it. Apple Music and, and Tidal and, and Pandora and all the rest. All of the rest. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook.com slash It's The Real. We are also on Twitter at It's The Real. Instagram at It's The Real. Snapchat, we are It's It's The Real. Can we still use that? I, I check every once in a while. Okay. I'm not going to lie. All right. And... Where else are we? You can also find us on Twitch. We haven't used it yet, but it is there. Also, if you want to find our individual accounts on Instagram, it is It's The Real Jeff and It's The Real Eric. Very it was easy. Just Eric's birthday this past week. Hey. Wish him a happy birthday <laughs> a few days late. So, Jeff, you know this podcast will not grow. It refuses to grow. It refuses to get any bigger or go anywhere unless we 
start getting our friends and family and fans to spread the word about this podcast. And we know that it starts with us. Who would you like to shout? I want to shout out old.soul, S-O-L-E, on Instagram, who said, just want to thank you guys. I've recently linked up with one of the people I discovered from your podcast. Keep up the amazing work. That person was Johnny Shipes from last year's 12 Days of Podcasts. He is linking him up for his company, which is called 53 Merch. They are based out of Queens. That is very awesome. Yeah. Jeff, I want to shout out Just Crisis, who is bringing us out to Ohio at the end of January. We're very much looking forward to that. Just Crisis has his own podcast. Just Crisis wanted to have us speak on this panel. We'll have more information about that soon. Shout out to everybody in Northeast Ohio. Yo, Just Crisis wanted to just get shouted out on the podcast once. Now he's getting shouted out a bunch of times. Twice at least. Here's one more. Shout out to Just Crisis. We will see you at the end of January out in Northeast Ohio. As always, Jeff, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Today's episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real's 12 Days of Podcast has been sponsored by Def Jam. Def Jam is putting out a number of great projects this holiday season, including Jeezy's Pressure, featuring verses from Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, T. Grizzly, Wizkid, and Trey Songs, and many more. Six years ago, as I mentioned in the episode, I was writing for Rolling Stone and Jeezy offered me a Christmas gift. And while he didn't give me that specific Christmas gift, this is a new one. He's giving us pressure. This Friday, December 15th, his new album. Pre-order it at JeezyShop.com.